kids, young and old, adults, how many of you have ever been born? Show of hands. Yes. Now, keep your hand up if you remember what that was like. Anybody remember what that was like? Yeah. Pretty common human experience, right? We've all been born. None of us remember it. I know it's profound to say, but I'm going to say here tonight on Christmas Eve that all of humanity, every man, woman, and child, everybody at one point or another was born, right? Here we are tonight celebrating the birth of a man some 2,000 years ago. On the one hand, you could say that, that being born is not much of an accomplishment. There's nothing very special about it. It's not unique, not even much to celebrate, you might say. It's happened millions of times. Nothing special about a child being born. Although parents, we all know that there's something that's marvelous and precious about every child that's born. And at Christmas, of course, we celebrate the birth of Jesus for a particular reason. While in some ways his birth was very normal, his mother went into labor and she wrapped him up, laid him in a makeshift crib. In some ways it was very normal, but we celebrate the birth of Jesus tonight because it is profound. It is special. It is unfathomable what actually happened, what it is that we celebrate at Christmas. Jesus' birth was unique for a few different ways. First of all, it was unique and profound because it was a miracle. Now we sometimes say when a baby's born, oh, it's a miracle. Can I just be honest for a minute? It's not really a miracle when a baby's born. It's just part of God's natural design of creation. It's beautiful and marvelous and magnificent, but it's not miraculous. But the birth of Jesus was miraculous. His mother was a virgin. Had never been with a man. We heard from Luke's gospel just a few minutes ago that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Remember what it said in Luke 1, 34 and 35. Mary said to the angel, how will this be? How, how is it going to be that I'm going to be a mother? She says, since I am a virgin, the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Friends, the birth of Jesus was a miracle. And the scripture leads us to the second thing that makes Jesus' birth unique is that he was divine. He was the Son of God because Mary's conception was miraculous. The child would be the Son of God. We have a little Christmas tree ornament at our house. It's a little walnut. I don't know. Maybe one somebody here made it and gave it to us. I don't know. It's a little walnut, and in the walnut is a little baby figurine. And one of my kids, when they were little, used to refer to that Christmas tree ornament as baby God. Can I put up baby God this year? Now, theologically speaking, that's not a very precise way to understand Jesus. But when we talk about Jesus being born, it's, it's God in the flesh. That's what we mean by incarnation. God has come to earth. Something that was unprecedented, something that quite frankly is and, and was scandalous. That the God, the eternal, all-powerful, creator of all things, he took on flesh. Now, of course, he was truly, truly human. Not only truly divine, but truly human. That's the whole point of him being conceived in Mary's womb and and, and growing in the amniotic fluid for nine months and, and being born and being and growing up. He was truly a man, but he was also truly God. Truly God, truly human. A complete divine nature, a complete human nature bound together in harmony in one person. 
Surely the birth of Jesus was special and profound because it was a miracle, because he was divine, but also because of what he did, what his, his life did in accomplishing redemption. Now look, most of us when we're born, we, we don't know what our life is going to be about. Our mom and dad maybe do their best to guide us in life, to give us some kind of purpose. But Joseph and Mary from the very beginning knew why Jesus had been born. God had sent messengers specifically to each of them to tell them about the life of Jesus. See, God dwelling in human form, I mean, let's be honest, if, if God had done nothing but just come to earth as a human, that in and of itself would have been worth celebrating. That in and of itself would be inspirational. But the point of Jesus coming to earth was not just to be born God and man, but to save, to rescue us from the curse of sin, from the curse of death. And so we've been celebrating all month long. We've been looking at this theme, to us a child is born. We've been looking at the, the words of the prophet Isaiah. And we land tonight on the pinnacle in verse 6 of the son that is given. Isaiah 9, 6 says that the son was given. Here again these words. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Amen? The son was given for you, for I. Now look, for, from an outside perspective, if God had set, on, set his mind into saving the world and rescuing humanity, it seems very odd, if you just take it at face value, that God would do that by sending a baby. Right? I can think of many other good ways that he could have done that. Just showing up in a miraculous form or sending an army. But in reality, God had been laying the groundwork for his great rescue plan throughout Scripture, throughout the history of, of Israel. In fact, ever since humanity fell into sin, God had promised that a Redeemer would come through the offspring of a woman. And so God's people began to trace the family lineage through God's covenant, through the blessing given to Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob and then Judah and finally through the line of David for thousands of years. Kids, you think you've been waiting a long time? After Thanksgiving and your mom and dad started getting out the Christmas decorations and started hearing about presents and maybe you got to pick things out for your siblings and then you saw the presents begin to gather under the tree and you began to talk about your grandparents coming in to see you and you began to anticipate. You think you've been waiting for a long time? God's people have waited waited for thousands of years for the coming of Christ until finally the fulfillment came through this young woman that we heard about, Mary. She was set up to be the wife of a man named Joseph found herself pregnant miraculously. They had to travel to Bethlehem as we heard. All of this set up because the time was right. The time was full. The Word of God says it like this in Galatians chapter 4. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so we might receive adoption as sons. A child is born, a son is given. It's important to note, as we just read in Isaiah, as we read here in Galatians, that it's not just a child born, but a son. A son is given. Yes, it was necessary that the child be a son, a male heir, to inherit the royal line of David, to inherit the throne and reign forever. 
And Jesus is not just the son of man. He's the son of God. Jesus in the flesh is, is God in the flesh. The second person of the Trinity. God himself coming down to earth. The fullness of God himself. The radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature. Lying there in a feeding trough. And this son of Mary, son of God, was born to rule. We read there in Isaiah, you can put that scripture back up. It says this, that the government will be upon his shoulder. Now look, when we think of government, we think of a human institution of elections and politicians and legislation and gridlock. And we probably, many of us don't have all that favorable of opinion. But the Hebrew word here for government means a a rule and a dominion. See, the full weight of ruling and reigning over all of creation rests on the shoulders of this child. Who would grow and become a man and save the world. He is in control. See, there's this chaotic battle going on all the time in the unseen realm against our enemies. And Jesus comes to bring order, to bring peace, to bring power, to bring justice in the rule of his government. In fact, if if you're with us on Sunday morning, we're going to unpack verse 7 of Isaiah's prophecy. Where we see that Jesus inherits the throne of David. He reigns over the government of God's kingdom in peace and justice. A kingdom that will have no end. But for tonight, in the face of whatever turmoil you have in your own heart, whatever division you may find in your families, whatever conflict you see going on in the community, what other struggle there is in the world around us, there is one and only one true ruler, our Savior Jesus. Amen. The government rests on His shoulders and His name shall be called. This beautiful passage that we've heard so many times, Isaiah goes on to give us the names of this miraculous son that was given. Now, Names are important, right? Names are what people call you your whole life. Often, for many of us, symbolize some sense of identity or or meaning. Some parents pick out names for their kids that have deep meaning or, or or that capture the heart of their child. I have to be honest with you, my wife and I, when it came to picking out the names of our four kids, we just kind of picked stuff that we thought sounded good. And and we sort of looked up the meaning as an afterthought and hoped it wasn't anything bad. Of course, Jesus' given name at birth in Hebrew was Yeshua, or as we would pronounce it, Joshua. In, in Greek, that, that name is Jesus. Yeshua, Jesus, means Yahweh saves. The Lord, the God of creation, the God of the old covenant, Yahweh is a savior. Now, if you read through scripture, you see there's over 200 names for the Messiah, different titles and roles. Here, Isaiah mentions four of them. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Summing up His identity, His character, His purpose. Let's look at each of these for a minute. What Wonderful Counselor. Now, when you hear the word counselor, please don't think of a therapist in an office asking questions, taking notes. Right? That's, that's not Jesus. A counselor is someone that, at the end of the day, has to know you. For a counselor to be helpful, she must know you. A counselor is someone that serves you, that advises you, that that warns you, that guides you, that helps you. Jesus is a wonderful counselor. And so, friends, family, neighbors, if you're here tonight and you feel lost, know that Jesus is one that can bring you direction, that can guide your life. If you're here tonight and you feel confused, know that Jesus came to bring you clarity. Clarity. 
to counsel and advise you through life. If you feel deceived, you feel duped by what you've been told, by what you've read, know that Jesus brings truth. If you feel directionless, like you're wandering, not sure where to go, Jesus brings purpose to your life. If you feel tonight like you're living in the dark, unaware of what's going on around you, know that Jesus brings the light of life. He is a wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. See, the promised child would be God Himself. Mighty, strong, and powerful. The power of God, a man, yet God. Think about that for a moment. The child in the manger was mighty God. The Son of God coming in the power of the Most High. God Himself came down. That's the beautiful message of Christmas. So many of us, we live our lives feeling forgotten, misunderstood, feeling like no one sees, no one cares, wishing that someone would pay attention to us. Do you know that God came down for you? He stooped down out of heaven. He took on flesh for His people. Mighty God coming down to earth, the radiance of the glory of God. The, the same God that has mighty power over nature came to earth, born that night so many years ago. Power over nature, over this world, power over your sin, power over even death, power over the devil, power over every temptation that you struggle with. He knows, he sees, he understands, and he has power over it. Everything that we struggle with. Our King Jesus has mighty power. Power to create the world. Power to heal every sickness in this room. Power to regenerate your heart. Power to drive away evil. Power to forgive your sin. Power to bring the love of God into your life in a tangible way that you say it's undeniable. A few weeks ago, I didn't even believe there was a God. Now I know His love that is overwhelming me. That's the mighty power of God. Friends, if you're here tonight, weary, worn, or weak, come to Jesus. No longer feel like you've got to live life on your own. You've got to push through and overcome and be strong on your own. Come to Jesus. And He will strengthen you with power through His Spirit. Through His Spirit that dwells in your inner being, the Scripture says. Mighty God dwelling in your heart. A wonderful Counselor. An everlasting Father. How many of you here tonight have ever been, somebody said of you that you have an old soul? You, you can admit it. Yeah, a few of you. Yeah, so, some of you I, I can sort of think, yep, that, that, that fits, that fits. What does it mean to be an old soul? An old soul, somebody calls a person that, it means that they're a deep person, right? They're not superficial. There's something about them that's sort of timeless. There's a maturity, there's a wisdom beyond their years. I, I think you could probably say that, that Jesus was an old soul. Right? I think probably growing up, it was probably called that. Here we see he's called Everlasting Father. At five years old, he, he had the title Everlasting Father. He was an old soul. He was born, yes, but he is everlasting. He, he existed before his birth. He'll return one day to earth in victory and he will continue to reign and exist forever. Now when you hear this Messiah child referred to, described as a father, that could be a little bit confusing, right? Because in the New Testament, we understand God as a trinity. God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we want to be clear that it was not the Father that, that came down to earth and took on flesh to become a man. It was the Son. And yet in Jesus' ministry, He says, 
I and the Father are one. Jesus tells his followers, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Our, our nature, our heart, our characteristics, our attributes, our power is identical. See, Jesus is the everlasting one who comes to earth with the heart of the Father. And just as the King of Israel was intended to reign and rule as a father of the people, the Messiah comes to earth with a fatherly role. Hear that tonight. With a fatherly heart, a benevolent protector, a provider, or even a shepherd. And so, friends, if you're here tonight and you are hurting, hurting in ways that you can't even begin to articulate, Your Savior comes as an everlasting Father to bring you compassion. Those that are so weighed down by guilt, that can't even bear to look people that know you the best in the eyes because you know your your shame and your guilt, it just weighs on you. Know that your everlasting Father comes and brings forgiveness. Those that feel empty tonight, you, you just feel empty and someone asks you a deep question, you literally have nothing to say. Because you just feel down and discouraged and empty of any meaning or substance. The everlasting Father comes to bring you love. Those that are oppressed tonight, those that feel afraid, He brings protection as a Father. He is a wonderful counselor, a mighty God, an everlasting Father. He is the Prince of Peace. That word prince there means a ruler, a captain, a chief. And this child in the manger is is the captain of peace. He's a ruler that comes into the world, comes into our hearts and brings lasting peace. And he will one day return again and and end all hostility and strife. He will end all war and turmoil and bring peace to earth. Remember, that's what the angels proclaimed. That's what the angels were so excited about. That's what caused the shepherds to run back to Bethlehem to see. Remember their words in in Luke chapter 2. The angel tells the shepherds, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, listen to what they said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Peace to those that have the favor of God. Peace to those that walk in the grace of God. Good news of great joy. Friends, Christmas is not about a legend. It's not about a tradition. It's not about a feeling. It's not about some some anonymous, ambiguous Christmas spirit. Christmas is about news. Good news of great joy. That the Savior has come down to us. That the Prince of Peace was born And for those who trust Him and follow Him, there is peace. Even now there is peace. Because listen, apart from God, if you choose to live your life apart from God, if you don't choose to walk in faith in Christ, you you may have happiness in this life. You may have success in this life. You may have some measure of, of purpose or meaning through the things that you pursue in this world, but you will never have peace. There is no peace outside of relationship and covenant and harmony with God. You will not have peace with with the Lord, your creator. You will not have peace in your own heart. You will not have peace with other people. You will not have peace with the world. See, the birth of Jesus and his saving work is to bring us into peace with God. And that means you no longer have to live under the burden of sin. Under the burden of your own brokenness and pain. 
No longer separated. No longer living in hostility with your creator. But now you can have peace with God in loving relationship. It means you can have peace with mankind. See, apart from Christ, each and every one of us were full of pride and we fight for recognition. We push others away. We push others down. But now there's peace, peace through Christ. And that can enable you to truly love other people. To truly be free now at peace with God, at peace with others. You can love them. And we can have peace with the world. See, many of us live with the fear of the unknown, with anxiety about the uncertainties of life, with stress from the pressures of the world. But truly knowing the Prince of Peace, having Him in your heart, now your soul, friends, listen, your soul can be at rest. No matter what turmoil is going on in your family, in your community, in the world, your soul can be at rest. We can live in a state of victory, a place of of calm and quiet and rest when we know this wonderful Counselor, this mighty God, this everlasting Father, this Prince of Peace, This is the child who was born. This is the son who was given. This is who we celebrate at Christmas. The son who was given, given by God, given to us, given to rescue and redeem us. Kids, no matter what you unwrap tomorrow, no matter how excited you are, no matter what gift you get, there is no greater gift than the son that was given born as a human, God in the flesh, to live a righteous life in our place, to walk in in communion and in obedience with God in a way that we could not, that taking on our sin, taking on our brokenness, our rebellion, our selfishness, and dying on that cross some 33 years after His birth, to die as our substitute, to take on our punishment, rising again to new life, he, wrote, he, he was born to live, to die, and to rise again to new life. To climb out of that tomb, to walk out of that tomb in victory on our behalf. To return one day. One day He's coming back again, a second advent to destroy all evil, to make all things new. This is why the Son was given to us. For God so loved the world that He gave, He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, should not die, but have eternal life. That's why the Son was given. That's why the Son was given for you. And so friends, trust Him tonight. Trust Him to lead you as your wonderful counselor. Submit to Him. Submit to Him as mighty God and let Him fill you with strength. Come to Him. Come to Him now as your everlasting Father. Let Him care for you. Let Him provide for you. Provide for the deepest needs of your soul today and every day of your life. Life And rest in Him. Rest in Him as your captain of peace. Let Him calm the turmoil of your soul. Amen. Brothers and sisters, the worship team is going to come back up. The lights are going to go down. You can... You can turn on those, those candles symbolizing the light of the world, symbolizing the sun given for us. Let's stand together as we sing about that silent night, as we sing about that holy night that our God came to us to rescue us, to bring us to Himself, to give us His love. Oh, great God in heaven, as we sing again this ancient hymn, as we lift up our hearts, as we lift up our hands, as we lift up these lights, come and fill us with your light.
we worship you on this holy night we worship you for that holy night when Jesus was born when the promised child came give us faith give us hope give us joy to trust you to walk with you may we walk tonight not in our own strength but walk in the strength of a God who loves us regenerate our hearts stir our faith be present now as we worship as we sing we honor you King Jesus the one who came for us hear our praise hear our praise